0: Back with another edition of Brick House, previewing the NBA teams. We got the last non-playoff Eastern Conference team here, Matt, coming in at number nineteen. Checking the air pressure in the basketballs because this is this is Bean Town, Boston yeah. Celtics. You know, the Boston Celtics kind of remind me of these franchise reboots that are going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the new Star Trek movies. You know, this is not. This is not Bill Russell or William Shatner. This is not Patrick Stewart or Kevin Garnett. This is Chris Pine and Marcus Smart. Not, uh, not your father's Jean-Luc Picard or uh, what's the name? Captain, Captain Kirk. Nope, nope. They're, uh, they're, they're a historic team, but they got all new faces. You might not recognize them. They're still mispronouncing Celtics, though, as is tradition.
1: Yeah. Oh, Uh, they're the ones mispronouncing it. Yeah. Yeah. The Boston Celtics doesn't sound...
0: Not as good. Not the same ring to it, I guess. Right. Uh, They still have the same beer-bellied leprechaun mascot, (laughs) which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to win 10 championships in a row or anything, but uh, Brad Stevens makes a pretty great great casting choice as the reboot uh, coach Mm -hmm. for uh, the Red Arbok character. Oh, yeah. Boston Celtics. Yeah, two... uh, What's the, what's the saying? It's not to infinity and beyond. What's the Star Trek?
1: No, that's the toy story. <laughs> uh, live long and prosper.
0: Live long and prosper, Celtics. From Spock. All right, well, we want to introduce a new segment in honor of this last of the non-playoff teams. See, if, if we were going to build, like, pick and choose a roster, a starting five and a sixth man, From the seven non-playoff teams that we've already previewed. In
1: the Eastern Conference.
0: In the Eastern Conference only. Let's say we're going to put together a team to make a run through the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah. I I asked Matt to prepare his starting lineup. I don't know what he's chosen, but I thought this would be an interesting thing to debate. What we both agree on is these seven teams that aren't making the playoffs don't have a lot of very good players on them, which is why they're... They're probably not making the playoffs, right? But let's get into it. Let, where do you want to start, Matt? Oh,
1: I think we both agree on coach.
0: We both agree on coach. That's Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, definitely. I didn't
1: even look at the other coaches. I didn't even revisit the other coaches. Stan
0: Van Gundy has probably got a good shot. Yeah, I like Stan a lot. We do.
1: Um, I tried to stay within the confines of position. Yeah, me too. Okay, I, okay. You, I I didn't pick two centers for point guard and center or for power forward and center.
0: Okay. Is that what you I mean there are no rules but I'm glad that we're uh following them strictly anyways. <laughs> Did you do that? I uh I I stuck to some positions. Let's what who do you got at point guard?
1: Uh Kemba Walker.
0: Kemba Walker. We agree. Yeah. All right.
1: Why can I I just looking at the list of available point guards, he just seemed like the most competent.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean my other choices were going to be Reggie Jackson or Brandon Jennings. I mean, the guy who I really wanted, but I put him I put him in at sixth man, is Isaiah Thomas. That's my sixth man,
1: too. So well, on that. two for two. Yeah, Three for
0: three, if you include Coach Stevens. Uh,
1: I, there, with me for the sixth man, there were a few that I would rather put in there. Like, I was thinking about putting Okafor in there, just sliding someone in, but then I realized that Isaiah Thomas is the sixth man. Yeah, he's, he's lightning the, in a bottle. Yeah, he's the ultimate sixth man.
0: Okay, cool. We agree on on all of these. Who do you got at shooting guard? I the, bet you we differ here.
1: This is this one was really tough for me. Uh huh. This was the toughest out of all of them, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, me too. I think so.
1: I uh, I went with Oladipo.
0: That's a good choice.
1: Yeah, and but it was I was torn between him and Avery Bradley.
0: Both and, defensive uh, experts.
1: Yeah. It uh, there was a third. I think. Who would you pick? Because I think your pick was one I was also debating. My pick was Joe Johnson. Yeah, I I was. I was kind of thinking about Joe, too, just for Joe Johnson-ness.
0: I think it actually—I think Joe Johnson on paper might be the the flashier choice. Yeah. But if we both have the same small forward, and I'm guessing we do—
1: Yeah, that's why— I, He
0: won some defense on the perimeter. That's
1: why I was thinking Oladipo or Bradley, because I didn't want anyone getting in there and gunking up Carmelo's shots, because yeah. he was just going to chuck shots everywhere. <laughs>
0: and— Joe Johnson, yeah. Joe Johnson is like another Carmelo Anthony yeah. out there.
1: And I don't remember the, the small forward position being that close. For as much as I wanted to think outside the box, I just it just was Carmelo.
0: He's the he's got more all star appearances probably than anybody else on the other seven teams. Or at least on this starting lineup combined. Yeah. You know? It might be. So so
1: yeah, Carmelo for both of us.
0: Carmelo for both of us. Power forward. I
1: went with Nerlens Noel. Interesting, more defense. Yeah, for that same, for the same. Not really going to space the floor. No, but I, I just he's just kind of long, and for a rebounding, just kind of a blocking rebounding. Again, I don't. You're right. He won't space the floor, but I just don't. I didn't want some three-point shooting power forward who was standing out there by Carmelo. Yeah,
0: and who would that have even been? Maybe Tobias Harris, I guess.
1: Yeah, there again, there wasn't a whole bunch to choose from yeah, yeah it's a real it's really weird who'd you pick?
0: i picked another 76er uh, but i picked rookie Jalil Okafor, nice power forward i think he's going to be really good and he's he's the guy i want to watch the most on the sixers if, if this is our fake team that we're marching out into the eastern conference playoffs I think Okafor, I'll give him some points. I don't know how far away he can shoot, but probably a good 14, 15 feet. Sure. At least that much. Uh, so, who you got as the big man? Who's well, holding us together?
1: I was thinking about Okafor, but I, I picked Al Jefferson. That's
0: a good choice. Yeah, because I. And you already have the defense in Noel. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, and Jefferson, too. Just I, I really like Al Jefferson, but I also like that he's just an older guy. And he, you kind of know what you're getting from Al Jefferson. He's not really a wild card and he's not he's not a loose cannon.
0: He's possibly the best post up player in the NBA.
1: Yeah. He he's just a he's just a double double guy regardless of the night.
0: And he, he never or, uses his left hand and still is a double double guy. Yeah. It's so, impressive.
1: Yeah, so I like him and who who what, so you didn't have Okafor in there, who'd you have in there?
0: I got Andre Drummond. I felt uh, like yeah. he was the biggest no-brainer choice besides Besides Mello.
1: as I stated, to you right before we did the Pistons one, I I completely forgot about Drummond. I think when we were lo- when I was looking at this, I didn't even take the Pistons into consideration for some reason. So, well,
0: if you got to choose again, would you pick Al Jefferson over Drummond again?
1: Uh, I probably would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we have we have Kemba Walker, Carmelo as uh, as unanimous choices, as well as Isaiah Thomas. I guess the question. Here is if this were actually a team that was going to compete in the Eastern Conference playoffs, how far do you think they could go? I mean, this would be the best team Carmelo Anthony has ever had around him, right? Right? Yeah. And they went to the West. He's gone to the Conference Finals before when he was in Denver. Do you yeah. think they get that far? You think this is a team designed to beat the Bulls and the uh, the Hawks?
1: I guess it could. It 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 seems. Like both of our teams were just a random collection of players because I guess they are, but I guess there's enough going on to make them sure. Between Joe Johnson on your team, Joe Johnson, Carmelo, and Drummond, it, that is a really solid team. Right, Kemba Walker's Kemba, no slouch. Yeah, Kemba and uh, Okafor. Yeah, I would say I would say that these two teams could give a cal- the Cavs a run for their money. Yeah,
0: best of seven series. How would it go against the Cavs?
1: Oh, I'd probably still take the Cavs. Yeah.
0: It's hard to bet against LeBron. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we were we actually started talking about the Boston Celtics. We built our fantasy team, uh, but yeah. uh, the fans still want to know what the what the Celtics are all about. Previously on the Boston Celtics, they're in full rebuild mode right now. Uh, Danny Ainge, I think you could argue is one of the best GMs in the league right now. I mean, they're they're a rebuilding team, but he is just getting the best possible assets. From trading, you know, f- there are four best players over the past couple of years, but there are four best players who are all injured, over the hill, washed up, and they're getting great draft picks for these guys. They're getting, you know, decent role players and stuff. I feel like their whole team is pretty much comprised of role players that would fit really well around a couple of superstars.
1: Well, they're, they're only three years removed from the conference finals. Wow. So they, and that was a quick rebuild. That was a seven game series against the heat. They have been rebuilding on the fly and it, it really helps when you, when you absolutely fleece the nets for all of their picks (laughs) and
0: man. And so many people have fleeced the nets.
1: Yeah. So they, uh, we, as we covered before, they got three first rounders and their option to swap a first rounder from the nets. They have so many assets and so many first round picks that at one point in the NBA draft, Danny Ainge offered six first-round picks. Oh, right. to the,
0: For what became Frank Kaminsky. Yeah,
1: to the Hornets. <laughs> For No, thank
0: you. Six first round picks. Wow, that's insane. Like, I, it's you, almost it's almost like a comedy. Like Danny Ainge knew they weren't going to do it, so he's just throwing out ridiculous yeah. things so he could tell the papers later. Yeah, they wouldn't take Larry Bird. Yeah, for Frank Kaminsky. Right. You know? it,
1: I don't even know. It almost seems like a deal you would just do just because you got to think you' given up you're giving up one and you're getting six the odds are in your favor. They aren't that far away. They made the playoffs last year. they're a, they're in a weird rebuild. Luckily they're in the east so it it's a different type of rebuild because they were 40 and 42 which would have been in the mid to bottom of the Western Conference.
0: Question Let's say there was an NBA player that sent Kelly Olynyk a big thing of flowers after he dislocated Kevin Love's shoulder in the first round of the playoffs last year. Yeah, Who would that NBA player be? Who would send Kelly Olynyk a big thank you for dislocating Kevin Love's shoulder? I'm thinking maybe Draymond Green. Yeah. Who benefited from, uh, from Kevin Love not being in the playoffs last year. Right. Maybe uh, Taj Gibson, Joakim Noah, I think joking Noah and Draymond would be the kind of guys that would buy flowers for another yeah. man. Yeah. You no, know, maybe just to belittle him a little, but also saying thank you.
1: But also, kind of in a actually, I'm serious, thank you way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that was the big that was the big story last year in the playoffs on a play I didn't think was necessarily dirty. Did you think it was a dirty play?
0: Oh no, I think it was an accident from a gangly, goofy, yeah, er
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's the exact phrase his parents used to describe him to other
0: people too. I have a theory for you. My theory is that because the turnover of the Celtics is being so fast, if you look at their depth chart, they have like 45 guys on the team right now. <laughs> my my theory is Danny Ainge is siphoning all these players through his team as fast as possible so so many nba players disperse amongst the league who have played you know either anywhere from one game to 50 games under brad stevens they'll spread the word to all the future free agents out there about what a great coach brad stevens is yeah so this gets to as many nba players as fast as possible to to lure those superstars to boston
1: affect the league with brad stevens
0: yeah that's a good one yeah get the rumor. The team is actually owned by a uh, a unique a unique group. Um, So many of these NBA owners are private managers, private equity managers. Uh, The Celtics are actually owned by a private equity group. Uh, that's managed by one Wick Grosbeck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wick, I formerly only heard as a name as the, the character who manages George Costanza's ex-wife's estate. Wow. Pretty funny character. Yeah. Wick. Well, Fun name, name to name say. His
1: Wyclef, so that turns into Wick, I guess. Wyclef? Wyclef. I, I did not know Wyclef, that.
0: Wyclef, yeah. Wyclef Grosbeck. Yeah,
1: so I guess technically— President uh, of Haiti. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can call him Wick, which I, th- I think it would be Wick. Otherwise, it's Wyke, which is a really weird. I don't know if anyone wants to. My name is Wyke, so yeah, Wick.
0: So yeah, this these guys. I couldn't really find anything about them except that. That's how they want it to Wick, be. Wick and his father, uh, you know, were entrepreneurs and equity investors. Wick worked for uh, this just... this equity company for seven years before deciding. You know what? Let's put together uh, an equity fund with. Twenty, thirty other rich, uh, Massachusetts residents and own the, the Boston Celtics. Let's, let's buy them.
1: Would his dad be H Irving Grouse Beck? One, is, one in the same, which is the most, Old rich man name, ever, Irving. Yeah, H. Irving. Yeah.
0: Uh, one interesting thing, since there's not a lot of interesting stuff about the Grassbacks, was Wick is now on the board of the Formula E Holdings, which in 2013 is a new fully electric car auto racing championship. Wow. So there's that. There's a uh, Stephen Pagliaguka Pagli Luca. Some Italian last name. He's a private equity investor and a managing partner of Bain Capital, mm-hmm. uh, the same Bain Capital that was co-founded by by Mitt Romney. Other than that, yeah, it's all owned by this this group. They're all from Massachusetts. They all grew up Celtics fans. The Celtics are now the fourth most valuable franchise in the league uh, they bought the team in 2002 for $360 million. And uh, in the past year, the group has reportedly turned down at least two serious offers from uh, people that want to buy the they team. they got
1: to be pushing a billion, I would think, for the Celtics.
0: As the fourth most valuable franchise, that's got to be only behind the Lakers, Knicks, Nets. Yeah. Maybe. Right. But who plays for this team? And now, the starting lineup for your Boston! Busted- I said it's a huge roster but let's talk about the starting lineup and Matt we're going to beg you to please tell us uh, your Perry Jones story
1: okay well (laughs) it's the it's the roundabout Perry Jones we'll get to that (laughs) yeah but the the starting players so the additions this year the draft picks they got Terry Rozier RJ Hunter and Jordan Mickey those were the three three main draft picks that they had
0: Couple of exciting players. R.J. Hunter hit yeah, Art- that game-winning shot in the tournament. His coach's son,
1: right? They were saying, "I think they were shooter. Same between him and Devin Booker, the two best shooters in the draft. Uh, which you, it never hurts. Never,
0: never hurts, hurts to have shooting, shooting
1: especially yeah. when they take him. They took him in the twenties late. They took him in the late first round, might as well.
0: Picked up David Lee.
1: Yeah, they at power forward. They have a whole bunch of David Lee, Amir Johnson, Jared's Jared Solinger, which. Was their starter? I see on this depth chart is listed third, which I would imagine isn't correct. He'll play more than third,
0: or some small ball center, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, with the centers of Tyler Zeller and Kelly O. Kelly Olenek, I, I think
0: I had David Lee starting at center right. next well, to that, Amir Johnson. That's what I
1: was going to say. Is the seven names on this depth chart of center <laughs> and power forward could kind of all play? Right. It's Plus just, they have like,
0: Jonas Derebko's who's not a bad player.
1: It's just one. It's just one giant power forward center spot they yeah. evan...
0: they have a lot of shooting guards too yeah evan... avery bradley jay crowder rj hunter james young marcus thornton i mean that's a lot of shooting guards
1: yeah they like you said they have 45 players on this <laughs> roster they're trying to they're trying to breathe life into evan turner which i guess they did all right last year he didn't he his stats weren't great but i guess he didn't play bad for the time he was in although he he shot 27% from three, which is pretty terrible. So I retract that statement. Dude, uh,
0: what about this statement? This is a true or false question for you, Matt. True or false, the Boston Celtics are the only team in the NBA whose sixth man is the best player on the team. Um, by that, I mean Isaiah Thomas yeah, is the yeah. best player on but the team. That's,
1: but that's where he should he should be sixth man. That's where he thrives because you expect your sixth man to come in and just light be lightning in a bottle and start shooting. Yeah, it's weird. They it was a you think thing.
0: you think I mean it's all arguable, but Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, even David Lee, I like Isaiah Thomas more. I mean he's five foot six, five foot seven. Not going to play a lot of defense, but I mean he the guy wants to be the greatest NBA player ever under yeah. six feet.
1: The the Celtics got a got him from the Suns, I think, for just a first round, a late first rounder, because the Suns were a point guard mess. This yeah, I was
0: really surprised to see them trade him. Yeah. he's on a very favorable contract. I think he gets one million more than Jody Meeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Jody Meeks comparison <laughs> comparison deal, and he might not even get more than Jody Meeks actually. It,
0: he, I actually think another one of their best players is off the bench, Jay Crowder.
1: Yeah, I Crowder. He, he, could,
0: he could fit in on any championship he contending played, team. He played
1: real well. Um, Last year he got it he was taking a beating in some of those playoff series. Well, was... he
0: literally got punched in the face yeah. by J.R. Smith.
1: Yeah, he was he was always on the ground, always getting kicked, always getting yeah. punched. It was tear
0: his MCL or something, something when, like when Smith hit him.
1: Jody Meeks and Isaiah Thomas make about the same money actually. Wow.
0: Evan Turner I always think of as the villain now yeah, because, because, because of, of Mark... Mark Titus. <laughs> he wrote this book put me yeah, in coach it's one of the
1: funniest books i've ever read yeah
0: <laughs> he was uh, high school don't teammates put don't put me in coach yeah. right he was high school teammates this uh white player it was high school teammates with greg oden and mike conley and then went on to be their college teammate as well at ohio state but they both left after one year for the nba and uh he, his whole book is just about being a bench warmer and the founder of club trillion, club trillion. which is uh when you play one minute in a basketball game and have zero stats yeah. otherwise yeah. <laughs> hence the trillion. Yeah. One followed by twelve zeros, yeah. whatever it is.
1: So he called Evan Turner the villain.
0: He called him the villain because he just thought he was such a jerk and and so arrogant. Yeah. And in fact it, I don't even really remember any stories that justified that, that name exactly right, right at this right. moment yeah. but either way I can only see Evan Turner as the villain from now on I think even Bill Simmons calls him that <laughs> Yeah
1: yeah it's amazing but he would start at small forward I would say the the I think they're probably going to start Isaiah Thomas so it'd be Isaiah Thomas A- over smart I don't know I if if it was Maybe because Brad Stevens is smarter than me. So we'll go Marcus Smart with Isaiah Thomas off the bench, Bradley at two, Turner at three, Uh, I guess Lee at four because they traded for him, Lee or Solinger, or Lee at five.
0: Lee has got to be their highest-paid player
1: this season. he was the highest-paid player on the Warriors, Warriors, right. Yeah, and then some combination of Lee, Solinger, Zeller, Olenek in the 4-5 glob of stuff
0: well i want to get into uh in their record next but matt will you please tell our listeners the perry jones story yeah one of my favorite stories
1: i heard a few years ago when perry jones was coming out in the draft uh he had dinner with one of the nba coaches they were at dinner and this coach was talking to him about what he thought his future in the nba was he was saying you know you played you played the the four in the five in college, do you think that your game would translate to more of a small forward, power forward? Where do you see yourself fitting? And Perry Jones' response was, yeah, that's cool. I could play that. But let me ask you this. How come you never see any baby pigeons? <laughs> and from what I heard is the coach, when he heard that, instantly, Check, please. <laughs> instantly said in his mind, okay, we are not drafting you. <laughs> Thank you for playing. And uh, yeah. Poor he, Perry Jones. He ended up on the uh, on the Oklahoma City Thunder. So he I guess, it went
0: from like top five prospect to almost out of the first round.
1: Yeah. He was more concerned about why you don't see any baby pigeons than uh than his actual NBA. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for yeah. that. That that yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah.
0: New member of the Perry Jones fan club here
1: record prediction i think they go over 500 this year
0: yeah okay
1: i think let's say they went 40 and 42 last year let's switch it 42 and 40
0: fair enough I, I, yeah, I have them at two less wins than last year but uh, all very close i mean the, i only put that because arguably the last two games they played against cleveland cleveland let them win Oh uh, yeah, so, you, so, so they, they would uh, play them in the playoffs.
1: So technically, they ended up with a win or two more than they should have last. Exactly week. two more, right? Yeah.
0: But again, as uh, another team where I feel like I could be I could be right on or completely wrong about uh, where they finish. You know, it makes me think of what the fuck has anything got to do with LeBron James? like the Celtics are are a big reason that LeBron James ever went to Miami if if he were able to get past the Celtics with uh, Delonte West and Vera by his side the first time then he would have had no reason to go to Miami right Um, but because of the they put together the the big three uh, not only did they stop LeBron from from making the finals more than once but they also gave him the blueprint for the Big Three uh, and, and the team that he put together with uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. That's it for LeBron's part.
1: That, that, <laughs> I, I will say this, out of all the LeBron James segments, even though that might have been the quickest, that makes the most sense and fits in <laughs> most with the team. I like that. It, it actually makes a lot of sense.
0: And now it's time for a personal anecdote with Matt Baker. You know, Boston's really known for their seafood, and uh, Matt and I had some fish tacos once together.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had them once.
0: Senior fish, yeah. shout out. But what's, what's your favorite seafood, Matt? Are you a crab and Old Bay kind of guy? Or if, if you had one seafood dish for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: I'm a shrimp man.
0: Shrimp man. I, and Jumbo shrimp or just regular sharp. shrimp?
1: This is a true story. Last night, I had macadamia nut shrimp, and it tasted like candy. It was amazing. It was amazing. That sounds good. It was a sushi place over in Glendale, and uh, we went there for Buddy's birthday, and they just started ordering stuff, and I saw the shrimp with all this sauce on top, and I just ate it, and it was tasted like candy, and I asked what it was. They said it was macadamia nut shrimp, mm. and I like macadamia nuts, and I like shrimp, and that... Might have been the best shrimp tasting thing. Last night,
0: you just had the best seafood yeah, of your life. And
1: I, it's not like a story for podcasting. It was, this is a true, true story.
0: What's the name of this place? i are going to try this. Cumadore. Kumidore. Yeah, it's in Glendale.
1: in Glendale.
0: Uh... Cool. Well, macadamia nut shrimp. Yes. At Cumadore. I'm going to have to check it out. On the next episode of Brick House. We're getting into a, another another team. This is one I actually expect to make the playoffs. They missed the playoffs last year, and the two previous years before that, they were in the conference championship. You know, most of the NBA is pretty steady. These guys have been real up and down. You're going to have to tune in to find out who I'm talking about on the next episode of BrickHouse. House. <laughs>